Kia ora and welcome to Cinema in Context, where we discuss all things film and the connections between. This is one of our very irregular mini-sodes where we talk about something a little bit off-book, off-structure, not necessarily off-topic, but something that warrants a smaller episode alongside our usual monthly fare. And this is going to be an exploration of the films, TV, cinema experiences that we have engaged with whilst we've been on our respective travels. So maybe we'll whip around and just share what our travels have been over the last six months, because we've all been to different parts of the world. Jet setters, are we? Mm. Jet setters. William, start us off. Where have you been? Right. uh, I had the privilege of going to summer school at the University of Cambridge uh, in July, and and of course, University of Cambridge is so far away from little little old Auckland. Um, so lots of plane flights from here to Kuala Lumpur, to Dubai, to London, then training around Europe, Paris. Yeah, so lots and lots of downtime where you're stuck in a tiny little box with nothing to do but watch movies. <laughs> nice. Sarah, where have you been? Um, I went to England twice and America once, which sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? And, and on the uh, arse end of a pandemic, uh, <laughs> if we might call it that. So back in February, I flew to London uh, for family reasons and spent three months in London. Uh, so that was uh, Auckland to Singapore to London and vice versa. And then sadly, uh, in July, I went via Seattle. Uh, back to London to deal with the same family issues after my aunt had passed away. And uh, and so that was Auckland to Seattle, Seattle via Reykjavik in Iceland Oy. to London, and then back the same way. So I think I've counted eight international <sighs> legs. Uh, and you'd think, therefore, that I'd seen quite a lot of films on those planes, but we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> and I've just come back from a three-week trip to the United States. So it was Auckland to San Francisco, San Francisco to Orlando, Florida, Orlando, Florida to New Orleans, and New Orleans to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Uh, was in Hollywood, stayed in Hollywood, did all of the Hollywood tings, and uh, <laughs> flew back to Tamaki Makoto in Aotearoa. Mm. Right, who would like to kick us off with? I feel like William, you know, you, oh. you, 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 you've the one that sort of suggested this. I think it's a great, great idea. And I kick just want to check: was it going to be movies we'd seen on planes or movies we saw on our trip? Uh, I, I, I was thinking of many planes. Okay, that's great. Um, just because we, you know, we bring up plane movies all the time. That's and right. Every time uh, I personally watch a movie or I see someone else watch a movie, like Inception. Or on an Dunkirk on an aeroplane. Yeah. I think about how sad Chris, Christopher Nolan would be yes. if I filmed this on my phone and sent it to him as a PM. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll jump in, William. What, what's a film you saw on a plane? Um, okay, so so uh, funny enough, and maybe this is a common theme today, um, I, I saw, you know, a lot of what you guys have recommended over the past two years. Oh, good. Um, I mean, so I was on Emirates through most of my flights, and they have a pretty decent library. Mm-hmm. And going through, it was like, oh, my gosh, it's Lapsus. I, I remember Sarah talking about Lapsus. Yeah. Um, and, and then, of course, Jeremy, your recommendation was Bob and Star go to Costa Del Mar. Vista Del Mar, sorry. <laughs> um, my goodness. Um, so, so real quick, um, Lapsus is an interesting movie. Is this a French musical? Uh, no. Are you joking? <laughs> no. Which one is Lapsus? Lapsus? Oh, you are adorable, if only. No. It, it is the super indie kind of sci-fi exploration of gig economy. Oh, is this the one with the laying of the, the, the cables laying of yeah. the, cable. the, exactly. the forest? Yeah. So I'm thinking of the Adam Driver as a money. Oh, oh you're thinking of Annette. Annette, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, yeah, it's it's an interesting movie. I, I don't think it was a very good plane movie, and we'll no. get to plane movies later on. Because uh, maybe it's just the exceeding, exceedingly high amount of oxygen, uh, but I found the, the movie really boring. <laughs> Sorry. Because oh. it was it was slow, it was walky, the... The ideas are great, but the, the, the main character, I, I don't like it when you have a main character whose sole purpose is to become the audience target and, you, and go, what's this do? What's right, that right. do? How does this world work? I, I thought he came off as just kind of doofusy. Mm. Um, the ideas were, were fine and it was obviously super low budget, but uh, I really appreciate watching it and mm. your recommendation. Uh, just not a great plain movie for me. Mm. Now, Bob and Star, on the other hand, perfect plain movie? Question mark? And it might be because of the added oxygen oh in the air. <laughs> I was laughing loud. I bet. I, <laughs> I bet. love it. Yeah. It's, I, I, would, I think I would enjoy it even more on a plane because I, mean, I do it on the ground, but it, you need to be slightly drunk on oxygen, yes. should we say. And, 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 you know, a rum and coke with, with dinner. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Well, what are what a super fun movie I think in our group chat I was saying I completely get your comparisons to stuff like uh, Austin Powers and and kind of comedies of that ilk and we just don't get these comedies anymore um, and it's it's ridiculous in the best way and I, I really really enjoyed that uh, I, I have one more I want to add but I'll wait for you guys to talk about so, this first. well here's a perfect segue you yes. see so am I right that Barb and Star is the wonderful My- wonderful Maya Rudolph no it isn't Kristen Wiig and Annie... I don't know her last name. Right. So, you you say Kristen Wiig and I say Bloody Bridesmaids. Because I saw Bridesmaids back in the day, because everybody did. Um, But... Uh, and why does this often happen to me? Everybody raved about Bridesmaids, and I gave it three and a half. Not three and a surly half. I mean, I thought it was a terrific film. But as you guys know, because we've been doing this a long time now, I have no truck whatsoever with scatological humour. So the whole, oh, we've eaten at a restaurant, and now we're all, like, pooping ourselves and it's puking and in everything. In a sink, Sarah. A in sink. a sink. Oh, in my. a white dress. You know, I can't be doing with any of that rubbish. So, um, but I knew that I did always like Kristen Wiig and Chris O'Donnell. O'Dowd. Um, and so I thought, well, we'll give it another go. So many years on. So I rewatched Good Old Bridesmaids because I was able to fast forward the mm. pooping in a sink uh, or whatever the heck it was. I was able to just scruffed right through that and uh, still found it very very charming very funny and was able to reappreciate scenes like Rose Byrne and Kristen Wiig trying to outdo one another in the the engagement party speech and all oh, that sort of so thing beautifully so done. excellently done so I appreciate the fact that you among others have raved about that film sufficiently that I was happy to return to it oh. The only other film... Now, before, you've been... before you go on to the other film, I just oh, want yes. to say, isn't Rose Byrne... I think she's one of the unsung performances yes. in that film. Well, we'll, we'll get to Rose Byrne in a bit. Oh, no. <laughs> she <laughs> is a t- just terrific in everything. And that whole sequence with uh, Kristen Wiig and her when they're, they're at the tennis court and mm. you know, if you're growing, you're changing. Well, I think if you're growing, you're staying who you are. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the first time I saw that, I just thought it was funny. I never understood that they were re- they were spar- they're always sparring for yeah. the best friend status yeah. with, with is it Lillian. Or yes. no, Lillian's the or Helen is this is Helen is Rose Byrne is Lillian the Maya Rudolph character. Anyways, it's it's just so brilliant. Also, John Hamm's great in that film. Yes, uh, just I'd forgotten so you see because I have a feeling that John Hamm wasn't quite anybody as much. I mean, he probably was a madman, but I hadn't watched that. <laughs> he was very so, much a madman. Yes, by then was yes, he? Like, yeah, and like I had four seasons and I hadn't thing. seen it. You see, but so yeah, it was really gratifying to to rewatch and go, oh yeah, nice like that. 
But um, just did you know that um, did you know Roseburn has been going out with Bobby Cannavale for mm. ever such a long time, mm. and they're both about to star or rather support act in a, some Aussie film about a uh, it looks very Muriel's Wedding um, about a woman who dresses up as Dolly Parton and performs as Dolly Parton. Oh, yeah, it's okay. in the trailer. For and that, uh, yeah. Roseburn obviously plays an Elvis impersonator. Oh, maybe I haven't seen the trailer. For well, you that. might have because people can't tell that it's her, but I can. Right. And I wonder if that's part of the joke. Anyway, right. spoilers. Who knows? It's just a trailer. <laughs> what anyway, was the other film? Jump in. Oh, the only other film, because honestly, I cannot remember. I swear to you, I cannot remember any of the other films that mm. I saw on any of the legs. Not at all. Wow. But I do remember seeing, I rewatched Ocean's Eleven. Because I've been slagging off 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 for such a long time and going, wow, wow, why are they making us pay to watch them have a good time? So I thought, well, let's go back to the very beginning and see how good it was. And it's still good, but oh my gosh, do you know what's really interesting? It feels super slow because uh-huh. the editing is like old school, what is it? What What is that 2000? film? 2010? Yeah. 2001. 2001. Yeah. Yeah. But do you remember, guys, in the olden days, they didn't cut things to shreds yeah. to keep um, our eyeballs uh, interested? And so it feels kind of really laconic, almost. Oh, wait, um, even with that... that even compared with now, ah. is what I'm saying. Compared with now. I mean, it's not like I mean, it's it's not like slow cinema. Let's not hyperbolize. But it was really mm. interesting how it, it's before Born and Bond and everything else has just suddenly got super super fast. So there you go. Nice. I really want to watch that film. Having been now having been to Las yes, Vegas, whereas yes. I've not seen it since that trip, which was 2019 when I was last in the states before. Mm the trip that I'm going to speak, speak about. I only watched one film on the plane, so my other two won't be plane films, even though we discussed it at the start, and you'll, it'll be clear to you why I, I want to talk about them when, mm. when we get to them. But that was Game Night. Oh, uh, that's because yes. I've been raving about <laughs> So I've never seen Game Night, Uh-oh. and you've been raving about and it. And I've been yeah. saying you like games, I Jeremy. love games. Uh-oh. Uh, I, I <gasps> sat there thinking I'd much rather be watching two films that I felt were doing better jobs of what this film was trying to be. One was The Game by David Fincher, yep. which I love that film, and I feel... It, not a comedy, but okay. No, but I feel that it balances the, is this a game, is this not a game, in a far more enjoyable way. I thought the twists and turns were fine in this movie, but eh. And the other film is Date Night, which I just think is oh, a far right. superior oh, yeah, film. It's Tina Fey and Stephen Carell. Carell. Steve Carell. So, I, like, I thought we were going to say Clue. No, 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 no. Clues, all right. Uh, I just think that um, uh, it was game night was fine, but I yeah, there's some fine moments in it. I I think if I'd maybe come across it as a film that nobody was really talking about, I'd be like, oh, I quite enjoyed that movie. Mm. But because not just you, mm. so many people because they know I love games and movies mm. are like, Jeremy, you will love this film. So mm. I think it's just been blown out of proportion for wow, me. Wow, what a shame this is the last ever podcast we'll do. <laughs> ah, That's but, the end of a beautiful friendship. Was you, right was, wasn't charmed by Jesse Plemons, I no. guess. Oh, no. not even. Or Kyle no. Chandler. <gasps> no, no. It was I did like... I Magnuson? Love... Billy Magnuson? Yeah, how can yeah, you not Billy be charmed? The dopey one that goes oh. out with Sharon, Cor- Sharon Horgan's character. Oh, it's fine. But <gasps> I, did love, um, I did love her, though. And I did love... I always love... Uh, Sharon Horgan. No, um, uh, our leads, our two leads, Rose. Rose, uh, no, no. Rachel name? McAdams. Rachel McAdams and Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman. Mm. They were great, um, but also I think you would agree that that's like the perfect, like plane movie. Yeah. Mm. Bob and Star, I mm. definitely think is probably even more so. But mm. 
Yeah, it was it was it was a good time. Mm, I can't wait to rewatch Game Game Night for the fifth time. <laughs> Can I talk about my other one then? Yeah. yeah. So, and this will be clear why. I yeah. Read. So yeah. this one I watched. Uh, I think it was on a streaming service. It was in one of the Airbnbs I was staying in, which is the rehearsal. Hey, oh, by Nathan for you, uh, Nathan Fiore. Oh, that that's yeah. a TV show. Well, I know, yeah. but like, I ha- it's so so. I have to talk about it because you re- you recommended it to me. Someone recommended oh, it. To I me. did. Yeah. yeah. And plus, I saw it in Hollywood or uh, around. I, I, no, it might have been New Orleans. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it is a riot. I don't think anything quite lives up to the first episode, which is the only one I watched in the States. I watched the rest back here. But my goodness, it is... I, but then I also feel quite complicit by the end of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's very creepy. And... Well, which I think is supposed to happen. Oh. I find it very awkward. Um, my husband is a big fan. And for me, the irony is he can't. He couldn't used to watch Curb Your Enthusiasm oh, yeah. because he found it too cringy. Oh, and I think my issues with the rehearsal are not so much this is too cringy and uncomfortable, but that I feel that complicity or that awkwardness around the fact that these are real humans. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure where I sit in terms of being party to that, as you say. I, so. I agree. But I did find that first episode was just a perfect a perfect episode of whatever it is Nathan does and does so well. Mm, it is yeah. genius. Like, yeah. I, I don't dispute that. Yeah. And it, it goes to places that you do not expect a TV show going yeah. ever. Um, yeah. Kind of stripping back of artifice of, of Hollywood as, as a whole. Mm, yeah. Mm. yeah. Especially around child actors. Oh, I think my the God. Critique yeah. of what, what, you know, and the complicit, complicitness of everybody else, all the adults in the room is just kind of, I guess, both the, mo- the thing that makes it so uncomfortable and probably the the core of why that what that show is trying to do mm-hmm. it does feel though like they made the pilot and then they kind of made a different show from episode two onwards yeah mm. but yeah did you have you had another film William? yeah 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 um and kind of just thinking about play movies as a whole i one of the things i love doing is kind of peeking at oh what people are i was at. about to say yeah. that that's right seeing what other people are watching yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um so sarah what what on your plans has been the film du jour um I, it's interesting you say that because for me there is no pattern I walk up to the bathroom and as I walk back I'm like oh nice movie oh good movie oh I see you're watching that um, but I saw a lot of people watching The Lost City Ah. and um, the irony is it's not ironic sorry but the, the coincidence for me is that I had seen it in London when I was there I went to the cinema to see it I had to review it and thereafter now I don't know whether to spoil this, so let's just say there's an incredibly surprising slash shocking moment in the Lost City that um, had me in the cinema going, "Oh my God, I can't believe it!" And so I found that most of what I watched on aeroplanes was looking over the seat to watch the person to wait for this particular scene to happen in the Lost City to see how the uh, the, the fellow passenger would respond to that particular moment. So that's really how I uh, oh, passed my time. What about lovely. you? Uh, for me, um, I think Sonic the Hedgehog 2 was a, a firm oh, favourite. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Decent film. Uh, lots of Star Wars. I think my brother mm-hmm. sitting beside me went through Star Wars episodes 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 and 9. And didn't mind it being on... I mean, I know he'd seen them before, yeah. but didn't mind the small screen. Not really. He was just fast-forwarding through the oh, good I bits. Oh, I see. And was like, okay, right. okay. Passing that, the scatological humour. <laughs> yeah, good call. In that Star Wars And, and the racism. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, that makes it a quick watch. <laughs> no, okay, yeah. Um, and a, a lot of people are also watching um, Succession. Oh. Uh, which I, I actually tried two episodes of on the plane and I, I liked it but it was I, I thought it was too intense with plane viewing I thought I thought Succession was going to be a Arrested Development style comedy mm. uh, it's not no. it's not I mean it's funny <laughs> it is it's funny it's funny in a different kind of way it's very intense 
it's funny in the way that Midsummer <laughs> might be considered <laughs> funny nice. if you're like completely crazy. But no, no, no. Okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah, uh, so I, I think I will return to it because I, I know you sing its praises here. Oh my Sarah. god, it's amazing. Um, but t- two episodes is like, yeah, I'll switch to something else. And the thing I switched to is another serial recommendation. And kind of brings me full circle to something I said in a previous episode, and that that episode being the Lego Movie Part Two, uh, and our Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, where I made very uh, unfortunately derogatory comments towards a film called Peter Rabbit. Um, oh, yes, I <laughs> I hated Peter Rabbit oh. with a vengeance, and I I deemed it the the downfall of cinema. Basically. Peter Rabbit one or two? One. Okay. One. Um, so on the plane, uh, I watched Peter Rabbit two, The Runaway, uh, or as I like to call it, Peter Rabbit two, Rabbit in the City. Uh, <laughs> Jeremy, have you seen Peter Rabbit two? I have not. The Runaway. I have not seen Peter Rabbit one. I, I'm just gonna make a statement, which I think this film is a film of genius. Yes! Pure genius. That, 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 Why don't we keep doing a podcast, William? We don't need more than two people in a podcast. Yeah. I mean, you can do the intro. Yeah. <laughs> that, that... Okay, so last year a movie came out called Matrix Resurrections um, that tried to do things in a, a fun, meta way. Oh, what if we made a Matrix movie about how it was impossible to make a Matrix sequel? Mm. Well... Tut tut to that because Peter Rabbit 2 does everything that movie does except it succeeds in ways the Matrix can only dream about. <laughs> um, so it, it's a movie about, and I, I tried to crunch it down, it's about the inherent tension in taking one of the most benign and kind of, you know, pastoral, some would say boring IPs of our time, which is Beatrix Potter's, you know, animal books where mm-hmm. they go on cute little adventures mm. and trying to bring that to the big screen as a zany CG kids flip. And the whole movie is about how difficult that is because since the events of Peter Rabbit, he's become a hot commodity and he's trying to make a Peter Rabbit the movie. Um, But unlike The Matrix, which treads similar ground, this movie treads this ground with the lightest of touches. It's so clever. It's it's very, very funny. Um, Donald Gleeson and Rose Byrne, as we've talked about mm. right now, they are joys to watch. Mm. Um, it's kind mm. of a rom-com when they're around, surrounded by you know, little CG critters. Um, it's super smart. It balances like snark with real, I would say, almost industry level. Like you know, Kids don't want to see country stuff. Kids want this and kids mm. want, want this. Um, and yet it's also strangely hewing close to the original tone of the books. Mm. Um, and it had, I mean, some people have said this is a movie that tries to have its cake and eat it too. It's carrot. Yeah, yeah. And eat it too. <laughs> um, and you may agree or disagree, but I think this, this movie just nails that feeling about trying to take a property and twisting it into your Hollywood standard and making fun of that while at the same time being doing that, that. It's yeah very very fine-tuned and i love it and i'm so sorry about you know trashing peter rabbit because i understand now i'm a true believer no to be fair i don't think that peter rabbit was as good of a film and and peter rabbit 2 is terrific mm. and i think that that the same can be oh no no i was the same cannot be said to paddington but paddington 2 is better than oh, paddington, paddington 1 2 is so good. even though both are good yeah. so um Oh, look, and the nice thing about Peter Rabbit too, because I know that we are now trying to convince Jeremy to see it. The nice thing is, for me, there's plenty of stuff that adults enjoy, because it was the, I took my five-year-old nephew, and I took him when he was either three and a half or four, and it was his first cinema experience. And um, 
And I laughed like a drain through the whole film. And there's a bit where Peter Rabbit is walking along the street of London, I guess, feeling all sort of downtrodden. And I'm fairly sure that, that because the musical cues are for the adults. And doesn't it play? I wonder, yeah, it does. Da, 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 wandering down, na, 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 whatever. The boulevard of broken dreams. Right, yeah. you know, and I'm like, ha, <laughs> that's so clever. Um, so yeah, joyful film. And now you've made me want to see it again. Hey. So thank you for that reciprocal <laughs> recommendation that we are now just bouncing back and forth across. That's wonderful. Nice. Well, shall, shall I bring us in for a landing with my, my hey, final film? Nice, and nice metaphor. Thank you. Yeah. So um, I was in Hollywood, staying in Hollywood, and went and took photos in front of the TCL Chinese Theatre and was lucky enough to go see a film there. And they were playing a 4K laser technology version of the 1975 summer blockbuster classic Jaws. <sighs> Wow. And so went along and saw Jaws in this beautiful, huge cinema. Have mm. either of you been I've inside? Only, only not to watch a thing, but I've been in, yeah. yeah it was wonderful. The, the chairs were very strange. You kind of mm. sit on them normally, and then if you just lean back slightly, the whole thing's yeah, sort of reclined. Yeah. But not in a way that kind of gave you a good view of the cinema, so I sort of had to sit forward the whole time. Mm. Uh, but it was wonderful. It was such a wonderful film. Jaws is incredible. It's... I still jumped at parts. The wow. film definitely gets less and less scary as the movie goes on, as you see more of the shark. But there are still sequences in that film that, that are shocking today. And the character work, the invention of, of a cinema language, that, or, or you know, part of this invention, mm. which sort of starts, the summer blockbuster, which starts with uh, you know, Planet of the Apes in 1968, Jaws in 1975, and then truly kind of codified with Star Wars 1977. Mm-hmm. It's just wonderful to see Spielberg playing with the mm. form and, and all the different pieces that he's drawn from. what a wonderful from. environment for you to see it. I know you've seen it before, but obviously, what a wonderful yeah. environment in which to see it. Yeah, it was cool. And someone came out and sort of introduced the film. Oh, wow. I will be honest, though, I misunderstood the laser technology part. I thought there was going to be a laser light show in oh. the film. And I was really confused. I was like, what part is this going to happen? And it's going to be really <laughs> distracting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But my gosh, John Williams is a genius, mm. right? I mean, that film is mostly... Steven Spielberg doing brilliant character work and John Williams score doing all the work yeah. for creating a, one of the most terrifying movie villains of all time. Yeah. That you don't see? Or yeah. Most of it. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of Cinema in Context, even our mini-sode uh, right here. If you enjoyed our podcast, then please share it with your film-loving friends. You can listen to Cinema in Context through SoundCloud, Spotify, Radio Public, Amazon Music, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube, which are great places to let us know what you think of this mini-sode and give us suggestions for future films to discuss and compare. Look out for our next film, uh, our next film, our next episode, <laughs> our next, yeah, look out for the film we're making. Uh, that would be, that would be a nice little uh, side hustle. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but look out for our next episode, which will be coming out in a few weeks uh, for our November kind of season. And until then, no, no or am I. I.